Hey everyone, Mike D here. Uh, just right at the top, uh, we wanted to give a big spoiler warning uh, for the movie we talk about with Sam Harper this episode, which is VHS 94. Uh, it's available to stream on Shudder right now. And uh, we got so excited, we talked about the whole movie and, and the, the ending and stuff. And then we realized afterwards, this movie's been out for a week. Uh, so yeah, right off the top, spoiler warning for VHS 94. Proceed with caution but it's easily streamable on Shudder. So go check that out and enjoy the episode with Sam Harper. Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the Hello and welcome to the podcast that will be presented in four distinct chapters with a kind of framing chapter running underneath. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. Uh, I'm Mike Smith and joining me as always is a man who's not going to stop filming because the people need to know. <laughs> Mike Crescio. How you doing today, Mike? I am offended that you used the thing that I hate the most about found footage movies to introduce <laughs> me. You absolute monster. <laughs> this is a, a repeat of the old Joker uh, intro. Uh, it's yeah, almost. Yep. <laughs> Yes. When I when I bring you out, could I introduce you as somebody who hates found footage movies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Mike? I have been good. I've been good. We are in uh, week two of our Halloween guest makes Mike watch episodes. We're having a different guest every week throughout the month of October. Uh, make us watch something spooky, something horror Halloween related, something in the mood for Halloween. Right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a fun little thing we're doing. Yes. And uh, joining us this week, uh, returning guest of the show, although it's been a while since we've had him on, I think almost a year. Uh, our Rapture Press buddy, Sam Harper from Four Minutes Two and Kickstart My. Welcome back, Sam. Hello. Hello. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, what's been going on in uh, in your life, Sam, since we last talked? I mean, it has been like, I think it was like a, just a regular discussions episode last time you were on. And that was like a solid year ago, I think. Just about, I think. I got a new job. That was cool. Nice. nice. And, and just putting out quality content on a barely regular schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hashtag quality content. Do you want to talk a little bit about your uh, your podcast, Four Minutes to and Kickstart My, to just start off the episode? Oh, sure. Uh, four Minutes 2 is a four-minute podcast where we give you all things geek in under four minutes or your money back, which is nothing because the podcast is 100% free and we're broke. And basically just give you everything. So, like, if you wanted to learn, like, the newest comic book news, like, for example, Saga just came, is coming back in issue 50, uh, 55 in, on January, so that's kind of cool. And then we'll give you, like, comic reviews and basically break down uh, four minutes to explain where I explain a different person, place, or thing in comic books. So... One issue, I might explain the just uh, Hall of Justice. Another episode, I might explain what po- who Poison Ivy is. Another episode, I might explain what Mimur is Ooh. and why it's called Mimur. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, a perfect like kind of quick quick hit for all of the geek news you need in just a very short amount of time. It's perfect. Exactly. And Kickstart My is a podcast where we review uh, we talk to Kickstarters, preferably people who do get a comic off the ground. And we talk about their Kickstarter and, you know, help them promote it. Nice. Yeah, that's also a great thing. Helping out independent creators, you know, who who can deny that this is an awesome idea. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, both of those podcasts available, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, I assume, right? Any kind of podcast providers, Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. You can find them uh, through Rapture Press, I'm sure. Well, yes, yes. That, that also makes sense. <laughs> Yes, yes, and yes. So, yeah, so Sam, you're on the podcast today. Like I said, we're doing our Guest Makes Mike Watch episodes. Uh, we're having a different guest every week uh, make us watch a different spooky movie. Uh, and the movie you chose for us to watch today, 
was VHS 94, uh, the uh, new movie in the VHS series, which uh, just got released as a Shutter original this past week. Uh, and you were telling me something before the podcast started uh, that I feel like you should share with the class here. <laughs> so I apologize because I misheard you guys. I didn't know that this was a make Mike watch. And I know Mike doesn't like found footage movies. Of this. I was just like, hey, yeah, I'm going to happen to watch <laughs> VHS 94. And I didn't realize that would mean I would have to make you guys watch VHS. <laughs> so apologies are in order, but I really love VHS. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite horror movie franchises. And I really love found footage movies and I really love anthology movies and putting them both together just seemed like a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk about VHS 94 in just a second. First, got to say that all the theme songs you're going to hear this episode were created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own theme songs at Kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Jacob Honeycutt or at Jacob Honey on Twitter. And if you ever want to contact us and respond to something we did in the show, uh, you can email us over at Mike and Mike go to the movies at gmail.com or tweet at us at Mike and Mike pod. And now let's talk VHS 94. Do I just press the button? Press the red button. Just press it. I assume they're paying extra for this. Yes. This is a remarkable story. Hello? Hello? All right, that was from the trailer for VHS 94, the new movie written and directed by Jennifer Reeder, Chloe Okuno, uh, Simon Barrett, Timo Jajanto, and Ryan Prowse, with additional writing by David Bruckner and Brad Miska. Uh, it was just released this past week uh, as a Shudder exclusive. Like you, Sam, I was a big fan of the, the first two VHS movies uh, when they came out. Uh, I have not seen them in a long time. Like I, I saw them each once. Back in 2011 and 2012, when they were when they were first released. Uh, so it's been a very long time since I've seen them. And I know there was a third one, too, uh, called VHS Viral, which I have heard is bad. Uh, can you uh, confirm? Yeah. VHS <laughs> Viral is bad. That is unfortunate. Sorry to the people who made VHS Viral, but yeah, that was a bad one. Okay. Uh, I actually watched VHS 94 more as a redemption, kind of like, uh, this is, I hope you can fix the franchise, baby, because that one was kind of, yeah, bad is the word. It's the word <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, when I, I didn't even know they were making a new VHS movie and VHS viral was like 2014. So it's been a long time. It's been seven years uh, since there was a new VHS movie. Uh, and I kind of looked into the development of this one. And it sounds like uh, David Bruckner, uh, who gained some more notoriety in recent years, he directed uh, The Ritual, which was on Netflix. Uh, mm. And me and Mike were both big fans of that movie. And then recently did The Night House, uh, which I saw in theaters uh, with Rebecca Hall, which was really great. Uh, but he did one of the shorts in the original VHS. And he was the one who was kind of like spearheading the campaign to like, you know, bring back VHS, do a VHS 94. And so he was the one who was like start starting out the writing outline for this new movie. Uh, and I think his plan was to direct another short in it. Um, but he did not end up directing a short in this new movie because he got attached to do a new Hellraiser movie. And so it was like, well, OK, I guess that takes priority <laughs> over, <laughs> over VHS. Uh, and then Radio Silence, who directed uh, one of the shorts in the original VHS, they went on to do Ready or Not and they're working on the new Scream movie. They were also supposed to direct a short in this. And then they got Scream and they were like, well, I guess we got to do Scream. And that's that's kind of the thing about the VHS movies that is so interesting is that those first two movies uh, were such a, a massive collection of interesting 
independent filmmakers and uh, horror talent and uh, people like Adam Wingard and Ty West and Simon Barrett, who does come back for this movie. They all kind of came together. Gareth Evans, who is the director of The Raid, uh, did a short uh, in VHS, too, and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot a really interesting collection of talent in those first two and possibly in VHS viral. I do not know uh, <laughs> because yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, but so this one brings back Simon Barrett and uh, Timo Shijanto, who directed uh, who co-directed uh, the one that the guy with the raid uh, directed in VHS too, uh, but then adds in a couple of new filmmakers: Jennifer Reeder, Chloe Acuno, and Ryan Prowse. Uh, Mike D, you had not seen any of the VHS movies, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I just never gotten around to them, partly due to just my oh, was it distaste? My, my your, your uh, deep seated hatred. Yes, my my <laughs> personal disdain for uh, found footage films. No, that's <laughs> that's aggressive. Um, <laughs> But I know they're they're supposed to be really good. At least that first one. Uh, I know our guest last week, Laura Culinary, is a big fan of VHS, uh, the first one. So like we've talked about it before, and I just uh, yeah, it's like one of those things. I'll get to it, you know, at some point, and it's not in a big rush. It is really interesting, and I know also I'll I'll lump ABCs of Death in with this, which is another one of those. I think there's two of those. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Um, there's two. There's two. Yeah. yeah. That that also was like a springboard for a lot of up and coming horror people that are big right now so that's pretty cool it's cool to like have these two things going side by side a little bit uh that are leading to some of our bigger horror names working today yeah and the vhs ones i mean vhs one and two just felt like a big deal at the time for whatever reason maybe it was the marketing behind it or whatever it is i think they were both like magnet releasing uh films who were y- yes yeah they were both magnet releasing films uh and you know they so that, that was a studio that had had a bit of a momentum in the early 2010s they did like hobo with a shotgun and i saw the devil and right. you know those those kind of movies like kind of trafficking in that kind of exploitation kind of you know that kind of thing which you see today uh i, I feel like they haven't really done a ton in a long time i'm not even sure if the studio is really even still around but uh you know you see like kind of the that torch being passed on to like neon and that kind of thing um but yeah they were both magnet releasing films as they had a bit of a marketing push towards them and it just felt like oh if you're a horror fan you gotta watch vhs uh and those especially were at a time when like found footage was really like at its peak like it, it almost it, like it was really one of those things where like you know the paranormal activities were super huge at the time right. uh, which we're also getting a new one of those this year in a couple of weeks uh on yeah. peak, uh, streaming exclusively on peacock i think <laughs> <laughs> lol yeah which is which is a, a strange turn of events i think considering like how much the first couple of paranormal activity movies were marketed on like audience reaction shots of people being scared by the movie yeah <laughs> And now it's streamed directly in your home, which is odd. But uh, yeah, so Paranormal Activity was huge at the time, and that kind of spurred on like a renewed interest in found footage movies. And suddenly there was a million horror movies that were all found footage, and they all cost, they were super cheap to make, and they were all big hits because they didn't cost any money. And that's why Mike hates found footage movies. Am I right, Mike? <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. Um, I think it's just an annoying device to constantly, like you referenced, the, uh, constantly have to explain why we're still filming, which is like part of the, the, the charm, I think, for some people. Maybe, I don't really know, but for me that that doesn't work uh so <laughs> have you ever seen found footage just, just the movie found footage yeah no um no i haven't is that that's i mean it's found footage 3d right it's it's like also in 3d is that correct yes it's also in 3d okay yeah, I, I have not seen it it's a spoof on found footage movies basically explaining all the reasons why mike hates them <laughs> very well <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so Mike D is not a fan of found footage movies uh, and you never saw any of the VHS. Did you do any research before going to VHS 94? You just went straight into this one. Uh, straight into this one. I had wanted to maybe check out the first one, um, but I just didn't really have a ton of time this past week, so I didn't get to it. Like I finished this movie at, at like 1230 last night <laughs> slash this morning, yeah. so I did, didn't have enough time, unfortunately. 
Uh, but I do know that, you, or you had mentioned to me that there's there's kind of no connective tissue between movies, so I wasn't I wasn't yes. super worried. That is the convenient thing. Like if Sam had told you you got to watch like Scream Three or something, uh, <laughs> yeah. just to throw it out there. If he really wanted to punish us, he'd make us watch Scream Three. <laughs> oh. But yeah, but if you you know one of those sequels where it's like oh it would help a lot to have seen the first couple of movies in order to get this one VHS ninety four. The nice thing about it is you know all it's all anthology shorts. It's all like you know individual horror shorts that are kind of put together in like the semblance of a narrative but don't really have anything to do with each other. Uh, so you can kind of just go into each one completely cold. Uh, but so, Sam, normally when I start this podcast, I usually ask, why did you want to make us watch this movie? But uh, you didn't even know that you were making us watch this movie. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. But also, uh, not for nothing, you guys are probably, other than my family, the only other fans I know that are of horror movies. It's a very surprising. Really? Like, yeah, no one, none of my friends like horror movies. They're like, really? meh about it so it's just like it's huh. fun to be able to talk about it with other yeah. people so <laughs> well we're glad to provide that service and you should get better friends um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what did you think of vhs 94 sam uh why did you want to watch it i guess because you were a big fan of the first two and uh, saw this yes. as, like redemption so what did you think of this movie i loved it i thought it was so great i love the frame story even though it was a little confusing at first but i uh the anthologies are great my personal favorite personal favorite one was the subject i have a video game-esque kind of thing in movies so i yeah not to spoil it but there's a scene there but yeah i i loved all of it it was really good i like the fact that each one of these stories were both interesting and terrifying the other like the first vhs one that's basically the same gist both all of them were all interesting stories but also very terrifying and then it kind of gotten less scary with very with like and with vhs viral being the least scariest one but this one is like a Turn to horror. A lot of them were really good. They're in completely different ways, but all of them really good stories. I did not find one story weaker than the other, like like a weak story out of all four of them. They were all great. Nice. And uh, Mike D, as somebody who does not like found footage uh, as a rule in general and has not seen the other movies in the VHS franchise, what were your overall thoughts on VHS 94? I thought it was actually really cool. Uh, I, I think the weakest part for me is the wraparound stuff. Because that has the stuff where they're like, turn, uh, it, that felt the most like we have to justify while we're filming. And the other ones, they kind of are organic. And they like the other, the, you know, the first one is, an, is a news crew. So like, yeah, of course they're filming. And the other right. ones, it's stationary cameras in a, in a, in a home uh, and stuff like that. So like it kind of all works and except for the wraparound stuff where they keep have to like filming this drug raid and then where that goes. But yeah, I think each individual short, like Sam said, is is really strong. I, I'm kind of torn on which one is my favorite. I wasn't sure about the subject. And then the Doom stuff <laughs> started. <laughs> yeah, like, it turned the, into, that's exactly the thought. I had. <laughs> yeah, it turns into Doom the video game. And I was like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also really liked Terror, uh, which was the, the last one. Because that was just really intense and it was subject matter I feel like you don't really get to see a whole lot of. And it's just broadly, uh, explicitly dealing with white supremacy and neo-Nazis. And it's cool to watch neo-Nazis get blown up. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought there was a lot, of, a lot of good scares, a lot of interesting stuff. And I was, I wanted to ask both of you guys, do the other ones have that kind of VHS grain filter thing going on? Because this is also 94, right? It's like specifically stuff found in 94. Right. So it, it has that and it makes sense. But like it kind of calls attention to the fact that it's VHS tapes. I, I don't know. It's a weird it's like a weird meta th thing going on. So I wanted to know how much that plays into the other VHS movies. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Sam might be able to speak more on this 
than I could because I haven't seen these movies in 10 years. But what I remember is that like each each framing device always has like, you know, a tape going into a TV and like that kind of oh, thing. Okay. Like that's, so it's all on videotapes. Um, but each one kind of deals with different technologies. And like some of them, like I, the, my favorite short in the first two VHS movies is the one by Radio Silence, um, which takes place in like 98. And it's like, a, you know, on a camcorder kind of thing. Uh, and that's a, the very last short in the first VHS. It's really great. It's super fun. Uh, but then there's other ones where it's like, oh, this one takes place in like Google Glasses and like, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. It's like you know that kind of so there's different things um but i think since they're all on vhs tapes they do have kind of that vhs grainy quality to them yeah because it's interesting too like with the subject it's partly in hd <laughs> like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> and then as that person thing entity person gets damaged the quality gets lesser and lesser and it looks more like a vhs tape which right. is interesting so yeah it's, it's just something to think about when we as we as we talk about it yeah and i would say for me uh, with vhs 94 this is a fucking throwback trip, man. I, I was like, <laughs> as soon as I started, I pressed play on this and, uh, you know, I was immediately like transported back to watching the first two VHS movies, which were both movies that I like rented on iTunes and like gathered my friends around my laptop to watch when I was in college kind of thing. Right. Like, that was, that was the thing. And so I was watching VHS 94 and I was like, I didn't even know they were making a new one until, uh, Sam mentioned that, uh, we were going to, until Sam said we had to watch it. And then we found out later that he didn't actually mean for us to watch watch it uh i'm just gonna keep bringing that up yeah it's it's pretty funny but yeah so i I, like just pressing play on this on shutter i was immediately just kind of thrown back and like man this is a fucking trip like i can't believe i'm watching a new vhs movie in the year of our lord 2021 it's uh (laughs) just unbelievable but uh but i think they managed to do a really excellent job with it uh like i said it's kind of a mix of old and new vhs stuff so simon barrett comes back to direct one which is uh the empty wake which Mm -hmm. uh is a really fun one and then uh timo jahanto is the one who did subject who uh, co-directed uh, the short with Gareth Evans and VHS 2. Uh, and then you got three other uh, kind of newer horror filmmakers on the scene with Jennifer Reeder doing the wraparound story, uh, Chloe Akuno directing Storm Drain, the, uh, the Ratma uh, story and Hail uh, Ratma. Hail yeah, Hail Ratma. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Brow is directing the final one, which was Terror. Uh, I think for me, I mean, I, and I think what you were saying, Mike, is true. Like they all like there's a good variety of the uh, stuff here. So the first one, Storm Dream, is like kind of a horror comedy throughout. Like it's, it has very, some very funny moments and ends in this kind of like darkly comic note. Uh, and then The Empty Wake kind of plays more like a supernatural ghost paranormal activity kind of story. Uh, and then the subject is this like body horror type thing, Cronenberg-esque or, uh, you know, that Tetsuo. kind of deal. <laughs> Tetsuo. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I had just watched Tetsuo the Iron Man and this movie, uh, that short was like, hey, this is this Tetsuo again. And then there was Terror, which, uh, you know, was like the sort of like vampire story dealing with, Interesting subject matter. I, I, I think it's interesting you like that one almost the most. I think that I thought that was the weakest one of the four. Hmm. Um, but that may be because I was watching this movie at like midnight and it was like 2 a.m. By the time we got to that one, I was like, I'm pretty exhausted now. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of and, you know, I just kind of like that's sort of the danger with anthology movies that you have to like kind of get reinserted into every story uh, with every one that you go into. And I think that but I think this one as a collection of shorts might be the strongest collection of shorts of the three VHS movies that I've seen, uh, excluding viral. And again, I don't, uh, it's been 10 years since I've watched the other two. So I may be, I may be incorrect on that. Uh, but I, like, this just feels like a really strong collection. And I had a lot of fun, uh, with VHS 94. Uh, I also think the framing device is relatively unnecessary, but I also thought that about all the other VHS movies also, like they never really like necessarily needed the, uh, the kind of wraparound story. Like I was just more into the actual shorts. One thing, my, my, my brother brought this up when we were watching it. The wraparound story would be the best haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best haunted house. Like if you just walked around, saw all those videos and stuff, 
Best Monty Yeah, there, and there's some good moments in it. I mean, I like the moment where they're uh, you know, walking around and like they see this like dead body with his eyes ga- gouged out. And it's like, that's the guy who works in my video store. And like they recognizes him and you see like the name tag and stuff. And, you know, kind of like adds that personal connection to it and all that. And then I think the ending is pretty good. And I think the, uh, you know, the final moment where it's like, oh, so what are we going to call this tape that we're making? And then it's like VHS 94. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah there it is. <laughs> yeah. Which like that is that the pre- is that the present day? I was so kind of confused, like to get lost in like the plot details of a wraparound thing in an anthology I, short. That's a good question. All of them t- I, I was take thinking ninety four. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely all the shorts do. The wraparounds may also take place in ninety four, but I it, like. I was thinking like maybe they were like body cams. That's what they were like filming with, kind of thing. Well, there's the guy on, in on the, the SWAT truck with them. Um, oh yeah, and he has a camcorder. Yeah, like, he's like the camera guy. Because I was just because the the cop that's t- that gets. I guess spoiler: the cop at the end of the wraparound uh, is the cop that provides the guns in Terror. Right. And they say, so like he looks older, I think, but he's also barely in Terror. But the, there's a point like where the women's are like, you know, it's all strictly VHS. It's like, but <laughs> if it's 1994, that's all there is. <laughs> like, why is that a deep? I don't know. <laughs> it could have been a laser disc. It could have been laser disc. Could have been laser disc. You're right. Yeah, true. It could have been beta. Good point. Okay, I take it back. VHS 94 is good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, I did like that connection too with like having that guy who was in the one short kind of pop up towards the end uh, right, as, that, as that one cop. Because I don't think the other VHS movies have ever like actually done that before where they like connected the framing story directly to one of the shorts. Uh, and so mm. that's kind of interesting uh, kind of angle to it too. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that yeah. that's why I was like, uh, I wasn't sure about the other movies if there was stuff that kind of like Called the back. wraparound stuff connected between movies. I wasn't sure if that's what the situation was. Yeah, I, no, I that's the first time that's ever happened in any of them. Actually, I was very surprised. I was like, "Wait a second! I know that guy." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mind explosion. Uh, so yeah, so I, th- I think the way we should probably structure this is to kind of just talk about each of the individual shorts, kind of just going going through the sure. whole thing that makes the most sense, I think. Uh, so you've got the wraparound story with the uh, the SWAT team kind of investigating this, you know, abandoned warehouse and figuring out what's going on in there. Uh, and as they're kind of traveling through, they go th- past these like different TVs that are all showing these different shorts because that's what happens in movies. And so, <laughs> yeah. and, so and so the first short is Storm Drain, uh, which is uh, directed by Chloe Akuno. And uh, this is one about a uh, reporter and her cameraman who are reporting on the legend of the Rat Man, who has been spotted in the city sewers. Uh, what do you guys think of Storm Drain? My second favorite out of the, all. Of them. Um, it made me really think, uh, probably because I just watched it, uh, the WNUF Halloween special, which is more overtly like a, a comedy, like homage to that era. Uh, you know, that's I think that's supposed to be 1988 or something that that movie takes place. Uh, but it's a local news story about a haunted house in the WNUF thing. Uh, and this is a local news story about the rat man in the sewers. Um, so I like made me think of that a lot. So was, and there's like, the, I think this is where the fake vegetable masher commercial is, or is that the next? Yes. And that's also in WNUF. There's a lot of fake commercials and stuff. And I love just how disgustingly violent that, that commercial is. You ever wanted to just mash a tomato? And it's, that's the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really liked Storm Drain, and it, this, this is it. It verges on the like, oh, why are we still filming for a second? But then, like, you know, the, I, I did like that all of the shorts use the like, oh, we got to turn the camera light on <laughs> so we <Yes>. can see because <laughs> we're in the storm drains and stuff. But I, I was willing to look past it this time, you know. Yeah, I, I think there's a certain suspension of disbelief you got to yeah. get, give <laughs> okay, over to yeah. yourself with these found footage things that uh, that Mike may not be able to do <laughs> in every situation. 
but also <laughs> this one's terrifying. Yeah, this one, this one is a lot of fun. Uh, Sam, go go into more of it. Is this your second favorite of the entire movie? Yeah. Uh, so one, I was watching this entire thing was like, this is something I would see on like television when I was a kid. Like this is like, this is this exact same style of like investigative journalism. Like, oh, we're going to go look for the Jersey Devil. It's like, right. People say they've seen him. It's like, yeah, he looks like a bat. But like, the, it was just them going into a storm dream. And that was a great way to set up. And like through the entire time, I was just like, oh, what's that in the shadows? What's going, what's what's that looking at thing? And like, I, I, I was on, I was on the edge of my seat because I did not know what was going to pop out. I did not expect what I got. Yeah, definitely wasn't what I expected. And also, I was wondering why no one was wearing gloves. Like they were pushing <laughs> everything in that tunnel. And I was just like, Jesus, like, I know it smells bad. I know you like it has all that germs on it. Can you just put on gloves? Yeah, well, this is a, this is a pre-COVID world, Sam. We didn't know about uh, germs yet. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> just, just science hadn't advanced that far. Yeah, that one that one moment, like the first time the camera guy comes around the corner and she's like, someone's at the end of the tunnel. And you can just because it's also so fucking rainy. You can yeah. just barely make out a shape in the darkness. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yeah, and quietly <laughs> walks out of frame. And you're just like, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. And I think they're they're both a lot of fun. Like their dynamic, too, with the reporter and the and the cameraman and just like yeah. they're kind of getting in each other's nerves throughout the whole thing and all that kind of stuff and play into kind of the, uh, the dark comedy of this. But yeah, as soon as they approach that guy uh, and he like smiles and, like the black liquid just like oozes from uh-huh. his mouth and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's so good. And like just the, the direction, like it's one of those things I didn't expect this short to go as far as it does. Uh, mm-hmm. with like the introduction of like, actually showing Ratma and all that kind of stuff. And then having her like actually return to the newsroom and just like kind of be possessed by Ratma and like spits all over the anchor man who is next to her and all that kind of stuff. And she just looks in the camera and says, hail Ratma. It's, oh, man. Cut it was black. great. Yeah. It made me think of uh, the howling too. If you've ever seen the end of that movie. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah. And, uh, and it, this was a, a pretty great introduction to what the, these kind of movies are, I think like, so I, I wasn't like, I've never seen the other VHS movies, so I wasn't really sure what to expect as far as gore or effects or whatever. And then when Ratma crawls out of the tunnel, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's one of these kind of things. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think it's a good one to start the uh, the movie off on. I was thinking about this, just like the structure of the anthology and like, you know, how do you decide what movie goes where uh, in the in the film kind of thing? Again, I, I, it sounds like your favorite was uh, was Terror, which is the last short. Uh, so in this sense, this kind of worked for you. But like the way like kind of a rule of stand up comedy uh, is that you end on your best joke. You start with your second best joke. Right. That's kind of the idea. You just, like start with your second best joke and get everybody in it. And then you have the rest of your special and then you end on your best joke to leave them out on a high note. I think, you know, if the terror had worked for me as well as some of the other ones, I would I, I would agree with that. Uh, that that this movie does function like that. But I, th- I think that is kind of the idea behind it. Like, I think terror is like arguably the most complicated of the uh, of the ones. And like maybe I would I would say uh, the subject is probably the most ambitious of the uh, of the four uh, in terms of just how insane that one <laughs> gets and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I think uh, terror is trying to do something that the other ones aren't. And so I think ending on that one may be a strong choice. But I think starting on this like kind of darkly comedic one that's like really fun, and, like gory. And you have this like Ratma creature and all that stuff like Hail Ratma. I think it's going to be something that people are saying for a while in the way that like you like if people were saying Hail Paimon after uh, yeah. <laughs> Hereditary oh. came out, right? <laughs> I would get a uh, uh, Funko Pop Ratma. Oh, same. <laughs> Complete with slime action. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Those will be on sale at New York Comic Con this time next year. It's going to be, it's going <laughs> to rule. 
Uh, so yes, yeah, so that is Storm Drain, uh, written and directed by Chloe Acuno, and also the uh, the Veggie Master commercial, directed and edited by Steve Kostansky. Uh, and then you have The Empty Wake, and so this is the one uh, that Simon Barrett uh, returns to uh, write and direct. Simon Barrett, uh, who is known for writing a lot of Adam Wingard's movies, they had a partnership uh, together, so they wrote, he wrote, uh, co-wrote Year Next, uh, The Guest, uh, The Blair Witch Reboot, which I am the only person that likes, uh, and, <laughs> you know, all Are that. You? Sam I likes too it. like the I like the Blair Witch reboot. Yes, yeah, <laughs> our Legion is strong. <laughs> <laughs> the, the general attitude around that uh, that Blair Witch remake is that it is not good, but uh, I've always enjoyed it. I think it's pretty good. I think it's fun. I think it's a good it's, it's a good sequel. Yeah, I'm a fan of shaky cam movies, so that's mm. true. Yeah, we did review it on this podcast, and Mike, I don't remember if did you did you like that at all, or were you not Pro- a fan? Probably not, but I don't really remember because I know that's we also fair. reviewed uh, the visit, the M Night Shyamalan found footage movie. Yes, I was not a fan of that either. You were not, even though that movie rocks. It's like M. Night Shyamalan's (laughs) fourth best movie or something. I I don't know. Uh, (laughs) The twist in that movie was perfect. Yeah, with with Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn revealing that twist uh, is is so good when she's like, those aren't your grandparents. Spoilers for The Visit, everybody. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My stomach dropped. Yes, yeah, it's good. It's good. It, it was a preview of uh, everybody getting on board the Catherine Hahn train for uh, for WandaVision, basically. True. The, the visit twist walked so that the WandaVision twist could run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this one's uh, written and directed by Simon Barrett, who actually also recently directed his first feature. It's called Seance, uh, Seance, which came out earlier this year. But yeah, but since, like, otherwise, he's mostly well known for uh, writing a lot of Adam Wingard movies. And then since Adam Wingard has been off directing blockbusters, they haven't really done anything together in a while. Um, but he's been kind of part of the ones leading the charge to bring back VHS. And uh, he and Adam Wingard worked on the first VHS. And so he is back to uh, write and direct the second short, The Empty Wake. And this might actually be my favorite of the uh, of the four. It, I, I think the subject is up there. Uh, honestly, Storm Drain, The Empty Wake and The Subject, I think are so str- like I'm like torn. It's like a three way tie for first. I, I really enjoyed all those three shorts. Uh, and then Terror is one that I also liked, but I just didn't like it as much. But uh, The Empty Wake is just really fun, like build up. I think just the, the, the idea that it's a completely empty wake, which is what the title of the short is. Uh, and you have like one person who kind of has to stick around and watch it uh, and just be there to make sure nobody breaks in or, you know, all that's or be there to make sure if anybody does show up. Uh, but there's like this massive storm that's going on and, you know, but they have all these cameras set up in like they kind of explain at the beginning, like, oh, the family wanted the wake recorded to put in the memorial video. And you're like, all right. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's a found footage movie. Let's go. So, yeah. So, uh, Sam, what did you think of The Empty Wake? I thought it was good. I usually don't like slow burn movies, but this one was just done in a very interesting way. It was just and since it was an anthology, it was going to be a lot shorter. So, less yeah, wait. But I, I liked it. I liked the end. It was very like the last five minutes of it were like. Good, yeah. very good. Yeah, and the very the ending, I totally forgot. I forgot there was a storm actually happening until stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. So the, throughout the short, there's like this kind of tornado warning that's happening, and then the tornado really just hits at the worst possible time uh, for <laughs> for your main character here, Mike D. What do you think of the empty wake? I think the empty wake might have been the scariest one for me. Okay. Um, and I guess, it, I, yeah, I don't know. There was just something about that setup of the, you know, stationary multiple angle found footage thing they're doing, which I feel like it was kind of the uh, like in, in one of the uh, paranormal activities. Right. Because I know the first one is just like that one camera in the bedroom, paranormal activity. And then like, oh, they put it on a fan. So now you have movement and like they kind of slowly expanded the camera found footage yeah. stuff in those movies. And it feels like this movie is really uh, taking from those 
where it's like, you know, we've got two or three stationary cameras in the corners of the room. And then the main character picks up a camera once or twice, like takes it off the tripod a couple times throughout the, the short. Uh, so now we have like the handheld stuff. But just the way that they're able to use that cutting between different angles. So now, like, we're looking at the coffin, but the main ca- main character's not or whatever, stuff like that. And then jumping in time as she's just kind of waiting in this in the wake and like moving around the room just in jump cuts, you know, like passing time yeah. and stuff like that. And you're just kind of aware, become aware of like all the because all the cameras can see each other, basically. So you kind of become yeah. aware of like, oh, we're going to go to that vantage point and something's going to be behind me where I am now. You know, and like we're kind of doing that tension building through that uh, and then where it just goes by the end when, you know, the tornado siren is blaring and all the insanity of the last, you know, five, 30 seconds is just it, it builds to such a fever pitch that I think this was the scariest one. But I think, like I said, terror is probably my favorite because it was the most interesting. Yeah, I, I think you are right. I, I think this is the one that like builds on the most pure scares, I guess, like the most yeah. most traditionally scary one of the four, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it is about this kind of like, you know, corpse, ghost, zombie thing. But, you know, it's building up to like what exactly that is and like if if the corpse is alive or not and all that kind of stuff. And like you just kind of like for most of the, like, honestly, it's able to build a lot of tension out of just one actress, an empty room and a box. And like that's all this short is for like it's most of its runtime yeah. is is just that. Uh, and you're dealing with like, you know, every once in a while, a thunk. Like you hear that like come out mm-hmm. of the box and you're like, oh, what the fuck was that? Uh, and so it is it kind of reminded me of uh, of some of the Ty West stuff, uh, you know, Ty, Ty West, who directed House of the Devil uh, right. and the innkeepers and also directed one of the shorts in the original VHS, actually. And so, you know, he's somebody who is very into the very, very slow build, like a very, very long build. And you're waiting and waiting for something to happen. Uh, and he's very good at like ratcheting up that tension. And he really hasn't directed like anything major in a while. But he, uh, you know, he's very good at ratcheting up that tension and then finally like, releasing it all at once. And like those last two minutes of any one of his movies, are like, holy shit, this is fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think The Empty Wake uh, kind of keeps that spirit alive uh, in this VHS movie, uh, which is pretty cool. And like I like the way that, you know, she's kind of calling people here and there and she's asking somebody like, oh, well, what's the deal with this corpse? Like, what's the deal with this guy? Check the obituaries for me. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of curious, you know, all that kind of stuff because nobody's here and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit and all that. And then she, you know, when she hears something, she calls the funeral director and he's like, please don't call me again. You'll be fired and all that all that kind of stuff which is pretty good uh and then, like there's, there's that one scene where like the one guy actually does show up at the wake uh and he's like brave the storm and he's out there and she's like oh I'm t-, and she's like well i get it you know nobody there's a storm out nobody can make it whatever but he's like he like he has like this weird energy about him and all that kind of stuff like everything just kind of like builds uh to a really intense conclusion when the corpse finally like gets out of the uh the coffin and uh you know it's like half his head is missing and he can't see her he's like a clicker from the last of us yeah uh, exactly <laughs> i really thought that i thought for a second i guess it's it wasn't i'm not really sure that that the guy that shows up i thought was the like ratma dude not rat ratma but like the guy in charge because there's like the in that short there's the guy outside the church who's like the time for sinners is now like repent or whatever and i thought that was him and I was like, oh, shit, like, is, there, is that going to be the through line through all the shorts? But then he, that never comes <laughs> up again. Um, that would have been wild. That, that would be interesting if like they did a VHS like that, where like one character starts to recur throughout like all the shorts and then pops up at, during the framing story or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, they did their toe into it with this one with, by having like the one guy pop up at the ends. But if, if they had like an actual like overall villain, a Thanos of the VHS series. <laughs> a jigsaw. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that is uh, the empty wake. 
Uh, and yeah, I really, really dug it. And like that's that man, that sequence where, you know, the corpse is finally out there. You kind of like, you know, you can't hear if you don't move. Or you can't see her if you don't move and yeah. that kind of thing. And then she's like finally like behind the thing. But she sees the top half of its head and its eye opens and it sees yes. her and the corpse like Ooh. runs at her. Oh, man, it's great. A plus. Yeah, so good. I thought I was going to bite her because she just bends <laughs> over to pick something up at the remote for some. I don't remember what she bends over. And then and then the eye pops open. Good. Right. shit. Yeah, well, she does. She does like at the very end, like you see her like kind of like rise and climb through a window. Yeah, maybe it does bite her or does, or does something. She's a zombie now or, or whoever. I guess. The, yeah, that's this how it's the beginning it. of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, which that reminds me. This makes me think that all these tapes are taking place in different universes because there's too many things that's happened in various VHS tapes where you're just like <laughs> there's got to be world implications for this because at least there's yep. like three zombie apocalypses. From three different angles, three different right. tapes. Right. Yeah, we, I mean, we we would at least be talking about the the newscaster who on the air said "Hail Ratma" and burned her coworker's face, right? Like we would be talking about that in general in pop culture, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so there's that too. Yeah, I, and that that is the interesting thing about the framing device and why maybe that's why they, they don't work for me so much is because they try to like contextualize this into some kind of like real world kind of story, and in fact, all of them are just like insane and like couldn't possibly coexist within the world at the same time or else the world would be over <laughs> you know <laughs> so yeah so that is the empty wake uh and now let's move on to the next short which is the subject uh written and directed by timo Johanto, who like i said co-directed uh one of the shorts from vhs2 safe haven uh with gareth evans uh and this one is a short about a guy who uh, or a guy and a woman who wake up to find their body gone. And uh, this is like evil scientist who is replacing their flesh with metal and turning them into robots and all that kind of stuff. And mostly you're following uh, this one uh, woman, like this 23 year old girl who's been missing for like a month and the police like arrive and they kill the scientist. And now they, they want to just like exterminate all his victims in order to just like spare the parents the pain like they you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's mostly from like first person perspective of this woman point of view with like a camera that's like embedded into her eyes. And you're watching her just annihilate some motherfuckers. And uh, it is a wild time. This was your favorite, Sam, you said, right? Yes, it was. Um, So like from the beginning to end. It started off strong, like if like I freaked my brother out because he has like body horror things, and like yeah. the the first scene, we're just like, oh, okay, fudge, all right, well, this is how we're gonna go. With yeah, that this. that first scene, it's like a, it's almost like the uh, the thing from Toy Story that like baby yeah. head on the uh, the mechanical legs, and he like immediately wakes up, is like, oh, why am I alive? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I love the scientist. He looked so free. He's like, yeah, my, like he was just like. Look at you! You're alive. I've created life. He very much the wild Frankenstein kind of like. Yep. It's alive. It's, but he just yep. seemed more like a little zany about it. He's just like a neo human. I created you. Happy born day. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Like, oh, you have reason. Look at you. And he looks genuinely surprised at the creation, like the life he has created. I found him charming. I shouldn't have, but I found him charming. <laughs> and then like everything after he died was just like. Great, like great like it was a great transition because it went to like morality of stuff and like police officers like trying to make a decision on whether or not they should end someone's suffering and like it and then like her trying to like figure it out and then uh you know a giant threat showing up all of a sudden and like it was just all and then it turned again it turned to do for a little bit which <laughs> yeah. i loved yeah and it was just very much it was funny because like it, you did you have all this stuff but you also had this i want like this i want to live kind of sad story that you have with like you having like other like stories where it's just like there's a machine and it wants to just be a person and 
people don't want it to be a person. It wants it to be a machine. And there's one person who's like, oh, you know, this person actually, this is actual living thing. And everyone's like, no, it's not. But, like, it's a horror movie. And this person is, like, racking up a massive body count. So it's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little column A, a little column B, whether or not exactly. this thing is good or not. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, Mike D, what'd you think of the subject? Yeah, I thought subject was really cool um, because it, 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 like, switches around a couple times. Like, it starts in that kind of grainy, like, camera on a tripod watching this guy perform surgeries and stuff and take yeah. brains out. It's like the scientist uh, recording his own uh, operations, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And then once he creates, you know, sub female subject 99 or whatever the hell it's called, it switches to HD and if we're watching POV, like as like Mike said, the cameras are in its eyes or whatever. And it just slowly, it, it does so much. It, and I think it's one of the longer shorts, too, like one of the longer segments. I'm not exactly sure about the runtime of each one, but it felt pretty long. So it, do, it manages to do a whole lot. And uh, the director also directed... Uh, the night comes for us, I think, right? And which is that the kung, that martial arts movie from a couple is years ago? What, is that what this guy did? Oh, okay. And yeah. also is attached to the a remake of Train to Busan, uh, the American remake of Train to Busan, which is pretty right. cool. Uh, so it's got Indonesian martial arts <laughs> just for a, a long fifteen minute stretch uh, yeah. when it becomes Doom, uh, and then we're just killing motherfuckers. And yeah, and I wasn't really sure because the the other monster. CGI doesn't look that good. Like it, it's fine enough. It's like it, it's doing the job. It's super gory. It's weird. But there's a couple like bright light close-ups, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like you know, that kind of doesn't really work as far as like that kind of body horror stuff. But then it puts the gun hand on, and I was like, I don't yeah. care. I'm fucking in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just we're blowing people away. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And then it ends in like a cool little chappy way. <laughs> <laughs> like if the thing gets up again and walks off into the out of frame. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do think the influence of video games on this segment in particular, I think is interesting because yeah, you have that sequence where it's, you know, she puts the gun hand on and it's doom. Uh, yeah. like, like every one of us was like, this is doom. This is doom. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's weird. Like it, it does it better than the movie doom did when it did the exact same thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, which is the only good scene in the movie doom uh, <laughs> to be fair. But yeah, it, it is interesting to think about it that way. But like also because most of this is, uh, you know, presented in point of view, like it's all first person. Uh, and that is how a lot of video games are played. It's how, and that's how you kind of see. I mean, that's what you think when uh, when Hardcore Henry came out. Right. Um, that was the that entire movie was, you know, filmed in first person. Like, it was on a GoPro strapped to a guy's head. And like that was like, oh, this is kind of like just playing a video game. Right. <laughs> right. This is kind of what this is. Um, but even, you know, there's the Doom thing. But there's also like the, uh, the other subject. Subject 98 is this like giant cyborg with like swords for hands. And his sword looks like Cloud's Buster sword from Final Fantasy 7. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only person that thought that. Okay. I <laughs> didn't even clock that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I feel like, you know, that's that's part of the thing here. And I mean, I mentioned with the empty wake, like the, uh, the the thing basically is the clicker from The Last of Us for <laughs> for a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, so it's it, it's interesting just like thinking about like, you know, video games at this point, like younger filmmakers are not only influenced by films and TV and what they've been seeing, but like also video games as a medium have been like steadily advancing for the past, like, you know, 20 plus years or whatever. And a lot of filmmakers have like taken like, oh, influence from The Last of Us or Doom or Final Fantasy and like started to incorporate that into uh, they're filmmaking. Uh, and I think you're seeing that uh, in these VHS shorts, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, w one of these days, we're going to get a really good v uh, video game movie just because like we'll be due for it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like we there are some where you can like argue like, oh, like I liked the new Mortal Kombat. That was a lot of fun. Me and Mike were both big Mortal Kombat 2021 fans. Uh, I know Mike D. I too. 
Oh, Sam, you're you're on the Mortal Kombat train. That might be the first yes. great video game. Movie, yeah, it's got potential. I, I use the phrase of uh, I use the reference the like you have to be practicing your akana all the time now. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's in my lexicon. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, I know Mike D. You were a big fan of or sort of a fan of the uh, the new Assassin's Creed movie that from 2016. Yeah, uh, which uh, which I have not seen yet, but you you discussed in a bonus episode of this podcast a few weeks back, and uh, you made me want to see it. You like you made me interested in. <laughs> in that Assassin's Creed movie uh, just because of like how interesting and like you made it sound. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be like one like universally beloved video game movie at some point. Like we have to get our X-Men, our Spider-Man uh, at some point with the video game movies, right? Theoretically, maybe it'll be Uncharted. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> that was Mark Wahlberg in it. Um, no, <laughs> or Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. It makes no sense. There is going to be the Last of Us TV show, which yeah, could be cool. That's got potential. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's from the guy who made Chernobyl, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, I think the guy that direct, like Neil Druckmann, who is the like writer, direct, creative director of the game, is directing yeah. the episodes, <laughs> or at least one of them, right. which is cool. But I know last week we, we mentioned sort of at the end, too, uh, of last week's episode about like this like 90s, 1994 nostalgia thing, because also Fear Street 94. And I feel like it's we're just like it's sort of what you're talking about, that like you know, people our age, like 30 to 35 ish, you know, getting in there are now the people making stuff. So like the nostalgia is going to shift forward from all of the eighties reboot eighties touchstone yeah. stuff is going to now be all 90 stuff. So maybe we'll get like a, d- a dope Mario Kart movie. Yeah. <laughs> did you Speaking of that, did you guys hear about that 90 show? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. The Netflix is making a spinoff of that 70s show. Did uh, they try that 80s show? They did that 80s show for like a season uh, and it failed. Uh, like that was right after that 70s show ended. Now they're doing that 90s show, which is crazy because that 70s show was made in the 90s. <laughs> what if they're you watching know? that 70s show in that 90s? <laughs> it's actually that would be incredible. they got they got back Kitty and Red and they're going to be the watching Leia Foreman for her first summer. Oh, at the, my at God. The, I, he got her to name her Leia. He got Donna to name her Leia. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm ex- I'm excited that you're excited for that '90s show, Sam. That's great. Uh, I, I've never been <laughs> a big so that '70s excited. show fan, honestly. <laughs> One of the biggest fans of that '70s show. It was All hilarious. right, you, you and my girlfriend we get along. Uh, she lo- <laughs> she loves that '70s show, and it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, it's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will totally go to my grave thinking that 70s show is fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> me so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did also want to mention with the with the subject, you know, I think one of the cool things about these VHS movies is that they basically do give these directors completely free reign to make whatever they want and to have uh, an, Indone- an Indonesian filmmaker like Timo Jihato and uh, have him be able to just do his short in his own language. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is an American movie that, you know, all the other shorts are in English, but uh, his is, you know, in um, Indonesian. Uh, you know, I think a pretty cool thing and it just allow, allows that filmmaker to really just go as creatively free as they want to be, which is pretty cool. Yeah. There's one more detail that I just remembered and it's in the Doom section. I mean, it's throughout all of the short once we switch to the POV. But having the little battery logo be like a life bar. Well, yeah. Chef's yeah. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the subject gets hurt, the battery gets less and less. Uh, yes. Until the very end. Very yeah. Good. This might be the first great video game movie, actually. Now that we're, <laughs> now that we're talking about it. It's like this and Scott Pilgrim are like the only the only big yeah. two, you know. <laughs> but uh, all right. So now let's uh, move on to the last short of uh, the VHS uh, 94 movie. And that is Terror. And uh, Mike D, you said this might be your favorite short of the entire se- of the entire movie. Yeah, and I think it's just because it's so different from the other ones and and it feels it has that feel of like, 
you know, I haven't seen a whole lot of these movies, but those kind of like backwoods, homemade, shot on video, regional horror kind of movies, right? Yep. Like it sort of feels like Night Beast or whatever, one of those kind of deals. But it also is just overtly dealing with, uh, you know, white supremacy and, and neo-fascism and uh, they're planning to blow up a federal building in Detroit, you know, it's and they mention it's basically a pre Oklahoma City bombing. Right. It's the same kind of thing. That guy was like a white supremacist fascist dude that blew, actually per, did the Oklahoma City bombing. Right. Uh, and, and they talk about like, oh, they, they got a daycare here, uh, which is like a big thing about that. A big detail about that in real life event. Um, but yeah. And, and, and it just slowly the reveal of what they're doing goes right off the bad it's you know it's clearly this like militia thing and they're training and they're they're also just like big dumb idiots right and then but then the <laughs> cop shows up and gives them like military weapons and you're like is this a sting what's happening and then it's not uh but then it's revealed like what their secret weapon is and they keep talking about that and how they've like been given this weapon from god and you're like what the fuck are these guys idiots talking about right it's just kind of cult dummies and then they blow up that rabbit and you're like oh <laughs> Is that what this is? And then there's a point later on, like once shit has gone wrong, where someone yells out like, no, stop, you're covered in vampire blood. And you're like, oh, my fucking God. And then <laughs> and then that guy blows up. Uh, but then, yep. yeah, I, I just like that. It sort of feels like the kind of uh, thing we were talking about, just like that slow reveal of information, that buildup of tension to literally explosive ends in this one. Uh, yep was really fucking fun for me, at least. I think what's scariest about this one and what sets it apart from the other three shorts that are in this thing is that these guys exist in real life, right? Like right. Th this like first Patriots movement militia, these, you know, backwoods guys who are like, we're going to take back America. Uh, like that's their whole deal. Like, you know, these other shorts like have this like element of like, you know, oh man, this is like immediately like we're, we're dealing with the supernatural. We're dealing with crazy shit. Uh, that probably couldn't happen in real life. Maybe the subject stuff theoretically could. Uh, right. I, I doubt with the technology of 1994, <laughs> it could have. <laughs> but maybe theoretically, sure. But like, this is the one where it's like, oh, these are people that were like, we would have been seeing in 94 and also are seeing right now in America, right? Uh, and so you're just kind of following these guys for a while and you're like, this is like weird that we're like <laughs> these are the subjects of the movie and all that kind of stuff uh and then you know a as it go goes on obviously it starts to deal with vampire <laughs> stuff right. and like you know this uh injective explosive that like you know makes the things blow up uh when you inject it and all that kind of stuff so it, it goes into a little bit more far-fetched territory um but to like kind of center around these guys like that that's what i think gives it like its edge i guess it's like it, it feels like it's about you know people that exist in the real world yeah i feel the exact same. I was just in the first 15, like the first five minutes of watching the film, seeing them do their like their drills and like hearing them do their chant and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I know these guys. I fucking yeah. I saw like a Twitter video with this guy like literally two weeks ago. This is I know these. <laughs> right. I, and then like all of the like they're getting the equipment from the police. I'm like, yeah, of course the police are in on it. Yeah. I think that's part of the, the scale itself for the scary. It's this is very much the real world. This seemed the most realistic. I mean, with the subjects, at least, out of all the four stories. I also love the fact that they are bumbling idiots. Like Mike put, like Mike put up. It's like, there's a part where they're just like, let's go fuck with it. And yeah. it's like, no, like, like that doesn't seem like a good idea. It's like, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking pussy. He says, like, he calls him pussy, like, twice. Yeah. And that was all he needed to, like, totally <laughs> go against all the training and all logic and to go do something stupid. Yeah. It's yep. like, yeah, nope, that's. 
Yeah, this is the people that are going to take back America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is funny just watching them do those drills also, too, where it's just like, oh, we have this like obstacle course set up in the backyard and like all that, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, just like it, may, it makes them out to be idiots for sure. Uh, and that is pretty entertaining. And then, you know, because you're watching white supremacists, like Mike said before, it is fun watching these guys blow up. Uh, it is fun yeah. watching them die. Throughout the, Can't throughout go wrong. The short. Yeah, I mean, like the, the other like really scary thing is like if they didn't get drunk, they probably would have done it like they would have been able to pull it off you know yeah. like they're they're like just competent enough they're idiots but like they're there potentially because of the help from the cops i guess but like they're right there and then they have this big celebration to get drunk the night before and everything goes wrong uh but like that's the fucked up part <laughs> yeah. um and i did i did really enjoy the uh design of the vampire right because we see it and it's just a normal dude throughout most of the short right they keep shooting it to drain all its blood to like right. use for the explosives and stuff and then they let it out by accident uh and we get to see it in full like nighttime vampire mode or whatever and it kind of looks like uh the that one dude from evil dead 2 uh the i can't remember the the character's name but <laughs> where he just has the huge mouth and claws and stuff right yeah uh, and he looks just like that. And then he's just ripping. Dude. There's a lot of face ripping in these movies in all, in all four of these shorts. <laughs> That's the damage. unifying thread between all four shorts is some face ripping going on. Yeah. And um, then they but, all blow up. And then they all blow up, which is great, including the vampire. The vampire also blows up. Uh, yeah, kind of like kills himself. Like he hits the thing to open the shutter uh, and blows everybody up, which is yes. interesting. Arguably, the vampire is a real hero uh, in this. I mean, <laughs> he does kill the most Nazis in that. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he sacrifices himself to destroy the the, uh, the white supremacist mil- militia group. So, you know, who's the real hero of this short, you know? Yeah. Hail vampire guy? Hail vampire guy. <laughs> Have him sign up to be on the Avengers. Yes, exactly. So, yes, yeah, so that's terror. And that's the last of the four main shorts. And then you get kind of the end of the framing story, which you've been seeing throughout the movie. The enti- Almost the entire SWAT team is like now dead with their eyes gouged out. Like you see, like you kind of like pan around them and you see like just their dead corpses with no eyes and it's wild. And then the one cop who was in the last short uh, is tied to a chair by these other two cops who have been like kind of throughout the framing story. And it turns out uh, they have been like creating these videos or whatever to like, you know, sell off in the black market and he will be their final kill for the video. It made me think of um, what's it called? The movie with Sam Neill when he says we don't need eyes. Uh, Event, uh, Horizon. Event Horizon. Event Horizon. <laughs> Event Horizon. Your, your favorite movie of all time, Mike. Come on. Yes, correct. Obviously, with all the eyes ripped out. But yeah, um, yes. there's one scene, too, I wanted to mention in, in the framing story. I think it's like I don't remember between which ones, uh, but they see they come across like the shower room and it's like full of body parts. And one guy has the greatest line delivery in any movie ever. Where he's like over the radio, and he's like, "We don't need more backup. We need a grave digger." Grave digger. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> thing. It sounded like what would be an NPC voice line in like some first-person shooter thing. It yes, was the yep. funniest thing ever. I just wanted to highlight that because they yes. need a grave digger. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> we need a grave digger. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sam, what did you think of the uh, the wraparound and like how it all kind of wrapped up the whole movie? I watched the movie twice because I just loved it. I watched it the next day. Oh, nice. Uh, it took me the second try to understand the frame story. Okay. I think out of all the stories, that was the weakest story, but I still enjoyed it because, you know, it was, it was definitely interesting. One thing I did point out was in the beginning when he's talking to the cameraman and they're like, clipping the door is like, okay, when I say get down, get fucking down. And such and such means, you know, there's like stand away. And if I say 29.9, delete the fucking take. Yeah. <laughs> just goes in there and I'm just like, all right, well. That's intense. Like, <laughs> Dial it back, bro. <laughs> yeah, calm down. 
but yeah, I think ultimately the, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I kind of was going to jump over in over Sam. What was your, your thoughts on the final segment though? The whole wrap up stuff. I liked it. I mean, anything gory is okay with me. Still a little confused. Again, probably the weakest out of all of it, but still it was, it was a good vehicle to give us the anthology. So I'm okay with it. Nice. Good. Yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent like I said. So like that segment where it's like the two women reveal that they're like running this VHS snuff film cult thing, and she's like strictly VHS. And I was like, when does this take place though? Um, so I was like I said, that confused me. But it felt a little contrived, I guess. But like, sure, why not? Um, it made yeah. me think of I. I was confused because I thought there was a book out that was about the v, like a series of shorts or a short story collection book that was VHS themed or whatever but it's actually um video palace which i don't know if mike might remember this i talked about on the podcast years ago uh it's a shutter original podcast that is about this guy that collects vhs tapes and it's like kind of a like you know investigation thing and he's just kind of doing a deep dive on weird vhs tapes he finds and then slowly uncovers this like cult around this store called video palace that's like they're producing snuff films or whatever um so it made me think of that so I was like, oh, shit, I should look up that book. It's a VHS thing. And then it's actually a Video Palace thing. <laughs> um, so it's like a lot of weird video VHS snuff film cult stuff around. Interesting. Yeah, I will say if if this does take place in like present day, this, you know, ending wraparound thing, I would say it, that might actually make sense. because I feel like if you're going to be in the snuff film industry, uh, putting them on VHS would probably make them a lot harder to trace uh, right. than they would like any kind of like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Uh, which, you know, and also kind of add to the grainy quality of the snuff film. I'm not saying that I've thought a lot about, like, the quality of snuff films. <laughs> We've all been on Live Leak. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about 8mm on the other podcast, but, you know, it's it's all yeah. it's all there. But, yeah, but I think this ending is, is pretty solid. I think as far as the framing story goes, like I said, I think for all these movies, you can probably get rid of the framing story. Yeah. You don't really need it. Uh, but I think of the three that I've seen, not including VHS viral, this one probably is my favorite frame story of the three. But that might be because I watched this most recently and I don't really remember the other two that well. <laughs> but yeah, any final thoughts on, uh, on VHS 94 before we start wrapping this thing up, guys? I actually have a question. Is viral a um, like screen share movie? Uh, no, it's OK. So viral basically the guy he's filming, he's not filming anything. He, well, he like he likes the film, but his his girlfriend gets kidnapped by somebody in an ice cream truck that's on a live like a, a chase around Los Angeles, Whoa, and he's like okay. chasing after them. And then while he's chasing after them, they just drop random videos, okay. and then at the end he uploads all the random videos to the internet. And then the, the ice cream truck is like, "We're going viral, viral, viral," <laughs> and it's just. And then it just plays like uh, like a, a weird like orchestra thing, and nothing happens. Okay. At the end of it, and it okay. Was like, All right. <laughs> I, I guess they went viral. Uh. <laughs> it did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so. I mean, because I remember there was like there was a lot of hype around VHS one and two. I think the first one might have premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, which is where the buzz kind of started to build around that first one and then the second one came out pretty quickly after the first one did and then by the time vhs viral came out it just felt like nobody was talking about it like i, I remember vhs one and two was like oh this is a movie that like uh, like the indie horror community is getting really into and then vhs viral is like we we collectively ignored that one for whatever reason <laughs> <laughs> i guess because it was bad and i guess because may, maybe like a lot of the original voices weren't involved uh, in it anymore uh and so the franchise ended up laying dormant but uh, i'm glad it's back i like i really dug vhs 94 and uh, i hope that uh 
they're able to continue to make more of these. I think Shudder is like the perfect place uh, to make more VHS movies for sure. Sam, any final thoughts on VHS 94 before we start wrapping this up? The people involved, they said that based off of the the reception, they're going to make, they have already have ideas for this. Another one. Nice. So if you're out there listening, yes. (laughs) (laughs) These were great. Please put out more VHS viral for the film footage and anthology fans out there. Please. Yes. Please do. Simon Barrett, if you're out there listening, please be on the podcast also. That would be great. Yes, that'd be, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So I think that's going to wrap things up for this week for VHS 94, uh, a movie that we all really enjoyed. Even Mike D, who is notoriously anti-found footage. Yeah, it, it, it thawed my icy found footage heart. Exactly. Uh, so, Sam, thank you so much for uh, making us watch this movie, even though you didn't, didn't intend to. Uh, <laughs> and, and thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Uh, where can we find you online this week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at SamTheHost and at 4M2. And, um, yeah, I'm really just on Twitter. I don't have a Facebook <laughs> That's fine. Twitter, Twitter's the place to be. I mean, it's, you know, it's a hellscape, but it's our hellscape, you know? It's, exactly. Yeah, it's our hellscape. <laughs> and we don't go down like Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> hey. There you go. Take, get that dig in there. Uh, anyway. Uh, all right. So, and if people want to follow uh, 4 Minutes 2 and Kickstart My, any podcast providers, right? Yep. Google, uh, Apple, various other ones. All right. Green <laughs> Fart. Yes, <laughs> the, there the are podcast more. places. Yes, the podcast places. The same places you would go wherever you go to get Mike might go to the movies. You can also get those podcasts, basically. Uh, right. Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you can do that on our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods, plural, because we have two podcasts. And also, uh, I'll plug that Video Palace short story collection, because that seems kind of cool. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, you can find me online at uh, M. Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decree Show. That is Sam Harper. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press, alongside many other podcasts with all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. On the next episode, uh, we'll be talking to Mike Emmons, programming coordinator for the Roxy Theater, the Indian Theater near my house in Missoula, Montana. And he'll be making us watch 1997's Cure, uh, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, uh, which just recently received a 4K restoration uh, and is currently streaming on the Criterion channel. So Mike will be able to watch it that way, but uh, I'll be able to watch it at the Roxy Theater because that's why he's choosing this one. It's actually showing for one night only at the Roxy this week. So I'll be able to go check it out there. I'm pretty excited about it. Never was never really familiar with it, but uh, I've, I've seen the trailer for it now at the Roxy and uh, the trailer has like pull quotes from Martin Scorsese and Bong Joon-ho being like, this is the best movie ever made. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. In so many words. So uh, I'm excited to uh, check that one out. Uh, in the meantime, the complete works is talking Jeff Goldblum in the Robin Williams comedy question mark man of the year. Uh, ever seen man of the year, Sam? Uh, no, but I do remember it coming out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, that's about as much uh, as Man of the Year deserves, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I saw it in theaters back when it came out, and I was crushingly disappointed. Uh, what do I think of it now? We'll find out on on the Goldblum podcast. But uh, Sam, once again, thank you so much for joining us on Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And that is the end of this week's episode. We will see you on the other side. Yeah.